بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته نحمده ونصلي ونسلم على رسوله النبي الكريم Praises belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala send his choices salutations upon our master Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Yusuf alayhi salatu wa taslim is at the point now where the brothers of Yusuf alayhi salatu wa taslim have even because of the greater attention given to him have now taken a greater stance and they wish that the attention of the father Ya'qub alayhi salam wa ala nabiyya alayhi salam that this attention must now get taken away from Yusuf alayhi salatu wa taslim and that the father must notice them as well the mannerism that they employed was wrong what they did to Yusuf alayhi salam was wrong one of the lessons that we learn though is that it should never be although this was for Nabu and we're not questioning Ya'qub alayhi salam because what he did was absolutely right because he was guiding his son but one of the lessons that we learn as parents not necessarily from here or this incident but just in the broader aspect of things that as parents we should never ever favor one child of another we should never do it if we have two or three children or four we never favor one child over the other we don't compare. The first thing is we don't favor. The second thing is we don't compare. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hasn't compared. Allah says, The most honored in the sight of Allah is that being who has the most taqwa. He didn't say the one who gets the highest marks. He didn't say the one who passes all his examinations. No. He just said the one with most taqwa. So we should never ever compare one child with the other. The one might be good in athletics the other in mathematics, the one in whatever. So we should never compare. Subhanallah. We, if we do compare, what happens is, individuals will start assuming, like the children that we have in this day and age, they sometimes tell us, they tell us that, uh, you're favoring this one, you're favoring the other one. You're making it difficult for me. Every time you buy some sweets, you don't buy for me. Every time you buy a present, you don't, buy, you don't buy for me a present. So, we should never ever do that. Because this is contrary to the teachings of Muhammad To the extent that the ulama make mention, if you're giving a gift to one child, then you have to give a gift to the other child as well. The same gift or of equal quality. Alright? If you gifting something to your child, this is now the second masala, and it's a certain amount. But this is something that a person is afraid, that if I give my other child this amount, he'll take the money because he's a gambler, etc., and he'll just spend the money. In that case, it's better for you to keep that money and spend it on him, than or her, than to give it to him right there. And give the one who you think would do... Uh, that which, that which you have given him uh, in the assistance of deen or to assist those people who are in need. So, the brothers of Yusuf alayhi arrive at a wrong conclusion. And they say to themselves as they were making mashwara, so when you have a favorite, right, as a parent, what happens is the others who feel left out often gang up and they take it out on the favorite. So you shouldn't do that. The others who feel left out somehow they start believing that if we take away the attention or do something silly 
maybe our parents will notice, then they'll also start loving us. And children do this. Children, subhanallah, when they're looking, this is another lesson, when they're looking for the love of the parents, they normally would do things that are wonderful, right? That are great. However, sometimes, if through those great actions, or wonderful actions, or good actions, they don't get the praise from their parents, or their acknowledgements, then what they do is, they start doing things which are wrong. They start doing things which are haram. They start smoking, they will start drinking, they will start gambling, they will start being of the friends, they might take new haircuts, they might change differently, you see a tattoo here and there. And this might just be, I'm not saying that they're absolutely right, but this might just be as a result of the children wanting attention from their parents and is a direct result of having somebody as a favorite. Again, we reiterate, in the incident of Yusuf and Ya'qub alayhi salatu wa taslim, there was a bit of a difference, a great difference, in that Ya'qub alayhi salatu wa salam had to prepare Yusuf alayhi salam for Nabuwa. He had to look after him to a greater degree. If you know, subhanallah, that this child is going to... So, so somebody says, we're going to give your child a full scholarship. So you make sure that you concentrate and you focus. You make sure that you keep that child on their toes, Right? You make sure that subhanAllah that they always study. Not that the others aren't studying, but because it will make it certainly easier for you. If there's maybe twins or if one and the other are just two or three years apart, and you've got to send both of them to university. So the one's got a scholarship or a scholarship that's coming up. So what you do is, you explain to the other, you also do well, right? And you also do well. But yours has to be something that is definitely above par. We're not saying that you mustn't be above par. We're not saying that you mustn't be great. But remember, you are dependent on me, in a sense. You are dependent on that. If you look after that, I can look after this. And then it makes it easier. So there's no favoritism. It's just that we need to look at the interest of the family and the greater picture at last, may Allah grant us the ability. So what do they do? Uh, they say that Yusuf salam seemingly is more beloved to our father. Uh, and, and then they say also, not only is he beloved and dear, one of the problems that we see here is that we work, right? We work, we do, and I mean, he's doing nothing. He's, what does he provide? What does he do? What does he bring into the home? Now sometimes we have situations where the husband and the wife come for marital counseling, okay? And one of brothers and sisters make no mistake that one of the greatest reasons that marriages have problems is because there's a lack of finance. And the reason for that is because we create expectations right in the beginning that we can't fulfill at the end. Expectations should never be created. We should never spend millions in the beginning if we're not going to have thousands at the end. This is just the system. If you're going to be giving roses every day, which there's nothing wrong with, but then have the ability to give roses every day for the rest of your life. Because there will be some sort of an anticipation, an expectation that it's got to be like this. Okay? The day mustn't come that the individual feels that I'm the only one that's contributing. That I'm the only one that's doing. And sometimes, subhanAllah, Allah takes away employment from the husband. Allah takes away employment from the wife. Prior to that, what happens? They were living a great life. It was a grand life. Salaries were together. They were going for holidays, vacations. Now there was one salary that was cut. Okay, so we're only living on half now. It becomes a problem 
Because the one partner starts saying, uh, I'm only bringing the money in this house. And so what happens is, they start dictating. There's generally going to be a problem because you have to cut down on those luxuries and fulfill only the needs. Right? And so now we, 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 we're looking at the needs, we're bringing in milk, we're bringing in bread, and people who, the general person, I would say maybe 95% of people, go through this particular situation where they where they living, subhanAllah, but it's almost like a day to day. You know? It's almost like you got your money, you're sitting with your money, and you're like, you take a paper and you write, okay, uh, cell phone, and then you write domestic, and then you write groceries, and then you write meat, miscellaneous. And by the time you look at it, subhanAllah, it's like you're hundred and short. Or you maybe just make it. Okay? So this is the general situation. It becomes a bit worse if one loses the the the, the income because then what's going to happen is you're going to take away movies. Right? You're going to take away vacations four times a year. You might only be able to afford one vacation. You've got to take away, subhanAllah, maybe buying sweets every day. You've got to take that away. You've got to take away maybe sending the children with samosas to school and maybe give them bread. Now, now these things I'm talking about are not, they're not a uh, sack of thumb. They're not just dream. They're not fairy tales. They're real. That's the truth. And so you can manage for one week, you can manage for two weeks, a month, and then all of a sudden the tension starts building. And when the tension starts building, it starts becoming about, obviously first the relationship suffers. The relationship suffers because the one is now blaming the other because of that lifestyle that's not basically met or lived up to. So I'm bringing the money in the house, my wife isn't bringing the money in the house, so who's at fault? She's at fault. As a result of that, subhanAllah, I start disliking her. Or she starts disliking me. If I'm the one who doesn't see how, see how bad money is, So create a life, subhanAllah, which is a simple life that you can afford later on. Let it not be that we live with absolute greed at the latest, at the latest stage, we can fulfill even the need. So what happens is, there's now animosity between the couple. So much so, that the husband will sleep later. The wife would sleep later. They would make sure that they're watching TV in different times. They would make sure the husband comes home late. Right? All of a sudden there's meetings, etc. Because <clears throat> there's friction, there's tension. When you come back home, what is the first thing you ask? How did the interview go? Did you phone? Did somebody phone? Was there something that made a difference? How much are they going to pay? And then you say, even if they're going to pay you 3,000, just take it. And the wife says, or the husband says, no, but I'm more qualified. How can I take that amount of money? And so what happens is the marriage suffers. It suffers, as we said, in terms of finances, but then more importantly, it suffers in a very uh, intimate manner. It suffers there also, because we start hating the person. Now we're hating the person, subhanAllah, because we can't live up to our greed. There is something which is from the action of shaitan. And Allah says, الشياطين, Those who waste are from the brothers of shaitan. Shaitan breaks up a home. So if you wasteful, if we wasteful and then the home is breaking, because we can't live up to that waste, then we are just like shaitan. Subhanallah. So what happens is there's no relationship. There's no intimate relationship. Okay? And you find that the parties lose interest in each other. And then all of a sudden they find interest in somebody. So the husband would find interest in somebody who is a representation of what he wants his wife to be. So he'd make a plan to go out with her. Right? Because it's only once a week or twice a week or once a month. 
he's able to take her for supper because he has you know, put some money away. Or the wife, on the other hand, or whichever partner it might be, find somebody who can support the lifestyle. So what happens is, at home, they're okay. When they go out, they're very okay. And everybody is carrying on as if things are all okay. And then only later on, some two, three years into the marriage, we find that subhanAllah, people come and they say, listen, one of the problems of finance, and then they realize subhanAllah, that there was there, there, there were affairs, there was this and that, and then they say, the marriage is, we, we're not compatible in the marriage. Now, if our, our goals and our aims were not the same from the starting, obviously we're not going to be compatible. Okay? We're not going to be compatible if I'm thinking millions and you thinking thousands. We're not going to be compatible. We need to live the same lifestyle. We need to bring up the children the same manner. If I'm saying, let's be bringing them up in a way that they, that they learn salah, that they read salah, you've got to be doing the same thing. I can't be saying salah, and then you saying, no, they must take cricket. I can't be saying hibs, and then you say they must be playing soccer. There must be a balance. Parents must support what their children want to do, and at the same time, they need to pair them together. It must be joint parenting. Okay? You can't pair them separately from each other because children will take advantage of that. So when and, and and they see this and they understand and they're understanding that they are the ones that are providing. So why is our father favoring him? And that's linking up the two now. So And then sometimes you'll hear the children say they say our father is in a great error. So sometimes you'll hear the children actually saying, and it could be the father. It could be even the teacher. If it's the father, it's okay because children can forgive the father, subhanAllah, they can. Because the next day, the fa- you know what happens? Today you buy an ice cream. You don't buy for the other one because they were naughty. Right? Then tomorrow you feel a bit terrible about it. Then you go buy for that person an ice cream and another one. And you say, okay, this is because you know what I'm saying. And here's the five rent for yesterday. So we do that. So the father, children forget. Children can forgive the father. And they forget because as, as I said earlier, they are subhanAllah by their nature innocent. But if a teacher does it, if a teacher favors somebody, and this is a lesson for all teachers, if a teacher favors somebody, firstly, that teacher will be disliked forever. And then you ask children who become adults later on, who's your favorite teacher? That teacher's name will probably surface as the worst teacher they had. It becomes a bit difficult to think about who was your favorite teacher. If I ask you now, who was your favorite teacher? Maybe you'll be like, oh, that teacher, oh, grade four, standard six, and seven. Oh, yeah, great. that was also a good teacher. That was a cool teacher. If I ask you, who was your worst teacher? Immediately, it'll be this person. Why did, why did you dislike the person? No, because whenever I did my work, I always used to get bad symbols. And teachers were tested in this manner. There was a student who wrote an assignment, and the teacher used to prefer girls over boys. The boy wrote the exact assignment from her to test the teacher as to what she was doing. The one got an A and the other one got a C. Subhanallah. Really, this is something that happened. Now as a teacher, if you're going to favor, as a teacher, our amana, remember the other day we said our amana, the children come into our hands, these group of children. And they come into our hands like clay. And Allah says they are clay, we all are made of clay. So people can basically form us. They can, they can uh, mold us into what they want us to be, subhanAllah. So if the child comes into the class and we favor them because we're looking at the class, if the child comes into the class and we're looking at the class of the child and we're overlooking all of the other children, Allah Jalla wa'ala says, those individuals who come 
and they're begging for deen and we overlook them and you're doing it because you want dunya, never ever do that. Turidu zilatil hayatid dunya wala tuti'man aghfalna. The other individuals might not even be worth looking at. Right? Secondly, when you favor a child, that child starts believing that he can. As opposed to the other child, that child starts thinking that I'm no good. And amazingly, so, I'm a Mulana, right? I'm a, whatever, you're going to give me a title. My name is Israel Bello. So you're going to give me a title, right? Mulana, Sheikh, whatever the case may be. My son has a Mulana in school that he absolutely loves. So when he comes home, if I tell him, this, and this again is the truth, brothers, you all know. If I say, no, you must read like this, he says, no, Mufti said I must read like that. Now, I didn't qualify yesterday. <laughs> and neither did Mufti. But Mufti loves him. And he knows that Mufti loves him. And he knows that, subhanAllah, there's this undying love from Mufti for all the children. There's no favoritism. And so that's why that's his favorite teacher. And if you ask him, he says it immediately. Any Sahaba was, any Sahabi was asked, who's your favorite? Who was, who is your favorite teacher? They said, Nabi of Allah. Any Sahabi was asked why he was, he was just, he was fair. He wasn't an individual that said, you better than this individual. Except if there was taqwa. Except, and then he would say, you know what, he did a better deed. He did a better deed, so you try and do that deed. But he never ever said that one was better than the other because of his wealth. One was better than the other. And remember in his final speech, what did he say? There's no difference or greatness between an Arab over non-Arab. SubhanAllah. So, what's the difference? If I cut my hand, it's red blood. If you cut your hand, it's red blood. We share different skin color. That's about it. So, uh, uh, we need to understand as teachers that this is an amana. And we need to look after this amana from parent side and from teacher side. Let it not be that we take into consideration certain people at the expense of other people. There exists a great possibility of harm. Some children who are not seen to by their teachers, who are not uh, uh, properly, who are not in a good manner, in a manner that describes the tarbiyah and the upbringing of the Prophet's teaching, they feel so bad and so low and so underappreciated that what do they start doing? In order to get recognition, as we said earlier, they start doing things themselves. When that doesn't happen, eventually, those who are favored, because they are favored, they keep themselves in the good books. This individual gets left out. The teacher loves this group. That individual gets left out. is kept one side. There is a possibility. There exists a great possibility that this individual might eventually take his or her own life. Go back into the reasons. Muslimin never ever take their lives, we know this. But there are sometimes people that do. Now we're not saying that the person who taught is responsible. Because ultimately we are responsible for our own actions. But is there a possibility that we might have had a hand therein? We could have stopped it, we could have changed it. Now I met a person, got involved in a relationship, and it was something that wasn't supposed to happen, subhanAllah. And... Uh, the question that the mother asked was, my daughter had written to the ulama, my daughter had spoken to the ulama and to the teachers, but they didn't give her an answer. People come to you and they're asking you, subhanAllah, what must I do? Now, you know what to do, but you didn't mention it. Now, who's responsible? 
Who's responsible if the person does the wrong thing? The father asks the boy, the, 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 he asks his two children for water. The big one says, Ayantai. The small one out of love and muhabba, he goes, he takes the glass of water. As he's walking, he drops the glass of water. Just an example. <clears throat> Who's responsible? The small one or the big one? Is it the small one's responsibility or the big one's responsibility? The big one when the teacher, he had probably sorted all of that out and taught the young one how to take the water. So sometimes we just need to uh, roll, uh, reverse and roll change and we'll see subhanallah that there might be a greater responsibility upon us. Uh, so what do they do? They say, Uqtulu Yusuf. Look, we, we're now in a problem, in a predicament. What we want to do is we want to sort this out forever, right? This manager is bad and whatever he says goes and so let's plot a plan. Let's get him fired. Let's put some spam mails to his account. Let's, let's train him. Okay? Let's, let's do whatever is necessary. Photoshop and, uh, my son was telling me today about Instagram. I, I don't know how some of these things work, but inshallah, I will, I will get to, uh, as I promise, get to tell you, uh, one day how it works. Uh, I'm quite okay with the WhatsApp at the moment. Um, so, what will we say? Yusuf alayhi salatu wa taslim, they said kill him. And uh, I was just checking you paying attention. <laughs> they said kill him, so we say let's take him down. Right? Uqtulu Yusuf, or send him to another company. Do this because in the process he won't be close to his father. And then he become pious afterwards. Uh, brothers, Allah has made forgiveness. And we said this, and we're saying it again. Allah has made, has given us a tool that is called forgiveness. Not to cause it, but to sort it out. Allah has given us forgiveness that we need to use, not to be a reason that we can do sin. Allah has given us this ability that if we make sin, then we can use forgiveness. So this وَتَكُونُ مِنْ بَعْدِهِ قَوْمٍ صَالِحِينَ To put forgiveness as the criteria before a sin is something that is indeed a bad trait. It's something, and unfortunately, we individuals use it all the time. You know, we we like uh, going to the club and we're like, Oh, Ya Allah, you know, I, I can't find nafs and shaitan and what must I do? Allah, you'll forgive me, Bismillahir Rahman. <laughs> you can't be doing that. You can't. But the kuna, when I come out, inshallah, this is my last time. Allah, this is my last time. I'm going into the club, really, this is my last time. It's just, it's just, uh, it's my last time. It's only Christmas and New Year now. Which one is the last time? <laughs> So Christmas and New Year. Which one is the last time? And then you say, Allah, you know what? Really, I'm going, and I, I've made zina all my life. Uh, I just want to. I, I'm praying that I get a beautiful girl, so I remember her for the rest of my life. But it's the last time. Subhanallah. How can it be the last time? You know, last time is maybe when you see your shop for today, or last time is when you see your children for today. That's that's last time. Last time is when you read Quran for the day. Last time is not when you're sinning, subhanAllah, for the day. Last time is if somebody asks you, when did you eat last? When did you drink? That's last time. If somebody asks you when you sin last, then that's a problem. That's where the question comes in, why? That's where the question comes in, why? Did you use Tawbah because we want to sin? 
Or did we use Tawbah because we did sin? And when did we sin? Was it that we sinned now? Was it that we sinned just now? Was it that we sinned before just now? Was it that we sinned maybe a little earlier than before just now? Or was it that we sinned and we were thinking, I'm still going to sin just now? Okay? So that they can sort it out just now. We never should ever do that. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. Alhamdulillah, we got three lines done today. And we make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah jalla wa ala grants us the ability to finish Surah Yusuf. I've decided because in Surah Yusuf there's a lots of why questions that we're going to use why inshallah. We, we very quickly in the 15th juz of the Quran, Allah speaks about the miracle of the Ma'raj of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, which is one of the greatest miracles of the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. One, then Allah speaks about the incident of the sleepers of the cave. Okay, two, when those individuals had sacrificed their desires for Allah, Allah had kept them as a means of hidayah till the end of time. And finally, teachers, <coughs> parents, we mentioned this last year, we mentioned it all the time, but I'm saying this again. Musa alayhi salam went to meet his teacher, Khadr alayhi salam, Khadr alayhi salam, right? He went to meet his teacher, who was going to be his teacher. So he said to, to, to the teacher, he said, look, is it possible that I can, that I can enroll in your college? Uh, is it possible that I can learn from you? So Khidr said, what? You, and, and use the word lan, you'll never be able to handle what I know. Okay? Uh, so Musa alayhi salam was the student. Khadir alayhi salam goes on, he says, and how are you going to have patience? He was the most learned at that time. The great is the Nabi, and he's talking to his teacher. So even if a Nabi is talking to his teacher, there must be humility. So parents, let it not be that we take our children to school and we think we earn the school, or we own the school. Giving a contribution doesn't make us the owners. <laughs> giving, a, giving a contribution makes you a muhsin, a great person. Okay, So says, how are you going to bear patience with me? Musa alayhi salam said, please, please, give me a chance. Satajiduni, if you give me a chance, I'll be patient with you, I'll listen to what you say. He said, alright, no problem. This college here, I speak, you keep quiet. Imagine, the people have to keep quiet, you can't ask any questions, you must just be quiet. So they're traveling, they get a lift on a boat, on a ship. As they're about to get off, he makes a hole, Khadir alayhi salam. Musa is a Nabi alayhi salatu wa taslim, and he's like, hey, the natural reaction, I was like, what did you do? And, and Khadir alayhi salam, I told you. So the teacher said, said, please give me the exam one more time. The teacher said, no, you're going to fail. Please, man, really, I studied. No, I know, man, you're, gonna, you're just talking nonsense. So you get a good result for your, and show your father, you know, wallah, you know, seriously, that time I was just a bit under the influence. I won't do it, I, I'll pass. So he, so he writes the test, subhanAllah, and he brings the test, and, and it's worse than the first one. And he's like, I told you you're going to do it. Hey, man, I, I had some palpitations, you know. Uh, so he said, please, man, I forgot. Uh, and, and if you are patient with me, inshallah, uh, just give me another chance. So they traveled again and then they met a young boy. And Khadir alayhi salam killed this young boy. But he was innocent. He looked innocent and a Nabi will never ever stand for injustice. Right? So he was like, what did you just do? A young boy. Alright, you didn't get a good mark. Why you killed the top performer? <laughs> you, you didn't get a good mark. What business you had to kill that individual? 
So he said to him, Subhanallah, listen, I told you, you're not going to have patience with me. Right? And, 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 and there was the reason that I didn't want you in my school in the first place because his school was a different school. It wasn't the normal knowledge of the Anbiya. It was a very different knowledge. And that's how we end inshallah the 15th juz of the Quran. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us all. Wa sallillahumma wa sallim wa baraka ala Sayyidil Mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.